just how is our memory tied to our learning? And how is it that our cognition may influence our learning or even the things that we remember? Let's take a minute and dig a little bit deeper into how learning, memory, and cognition, or the way we think, are interrelated and really kind of woven together to help us learn new things. When we look at these three chapters, we start by acknowledging that we're really looking at not so much or we're, we're shifting from the physical aspects of how the neurons fire and the development of the neuron to a little bit more of an abstract concept of how we actually learn things, how we actually remember things, and how information is stored in our memory or stored in our mind. So we're taking a bigger picture look at what is actually happening inside our brain. Now, keep in mind that when we take this big picture look, it's not about where things are or specific spots in your, in your brain as much as it is those connections of neurons that are firing to create things like memories and to create things like learning and experiences. So when we back up and we kind of look at how these three are intertwined, we see that in order for us to learn new things, our memory is a key aspect of learning new things. We also see that in order for us to learn new things, it also helps for us to understand how information is stored. Because oftentimes when we can't remember something, it's not because we've forgotten it, but because of the way that we have um, classified that information or how we organize this information in our mind, how we think. So let's start with learning. The key aspect in learning a new task, learning a new skill, or even learning material in school is attention, paying attention to it. And that attention comes from our working memory. That executive or that central executive aspect of our working memory that allows us to focus on the material or focus on the task that we are attempting to learn. Now, this can be difficult, especially considering that the average adult mind wanders about every eight minutes. So it's often difficult to maintain that focus in order to get all of the information in. So in recreating things or in remembering things, we may not remember it exactly how it occurred, but we remember bits and pieces in between those times in which our mind zoned out or wandered, and then we piece it all together. And that gives us a big enough picture to hopefully have learned a new task. Now, one of the things in my seated classes, uh, in my PowerPoint, I illustrate this by using an example, or we illustrate uh, conditioning and learning by using the example of a Krispy Kreme donut sign. And the hot now donut sign, what it represents in a very um, simplistic uh, representation of learning, it represents that there's hot now donuts, which then oftentimes makes our mouth water. And we go into details about talking about what this sign represents and um, how people enjoy donuts and why it makes your mouth water. 
because you have associated this experience, that relatively uh, permanent change in behavior brought on by experience. So you've associated this experience of getting hot donuts that melt in your mouth with go with this Krispy Kreme sign. Now, in order for you to have remembered that though, and to have that relatively permanent change in behavior, it requires a couple of things. It requires that you've paid attention. So it requires that when you pulled into Krispy Kreme, you saw the hot now sign on and you associated that hot now sign with the taste of these donuts melting in your mouth. It also requires that you, in addition to paying attention, it requires that you like this or that this is an experience that you enjoy. So for many of you, while I was describing those donuts, you may have zoned out and started thinking about Krispy Kreme donuts and how hungry you are. And you may not have even made the connection between the Krispy Kreme donuts and the sign and how this is conditioning. And so that part was all completely lost from your memory and the learning experience didn't even occur. For me, I don't like donuts. So the hot now sign means nothing to me. It is that neutral stimulus that doesn't even bring about a change in my behavior. And for many of you, when you're hearing this, because of your experiences and because of the, the things that we pick up on, which are kind of personal, you may have thought just now when I said that, oh my gosh, she doesn't like donuts. How can she not like donuts? So the whole takeaway that you may leave this podcast with is Professor Minor doesn't like donuts. When in actuality, again, where are we focusing our attention? What are we paying attention to? What we're supposed to be paying attention to in this is how our learning experiences can be shaped and changed by what we're paying attention to, what we're focusing on and what we are, our personal experiences are going to shape that information that we learned. So two individuals can sit in a classroom and be given the same amount of information and the exact same material and yet walk out of the classroom with two different perspectives because of what they were paying attention to and because of their personal life experiences that have shaped what they remember. Our personal life experiences will influence the things that stand out and are most memorable to us. Our own personal life experiences also shape what we focus on and what we pay attention to. So our memory can actually influence the things that we learn as well, in addition to what we learn influencing our memory. So the things that we pay attention to, if you are listening to this podcast and you have no idea what a Krispy Kreme Donuts is, or you have never been to Krispy Kreme Donuts, that whole example may have been totally irrelevant to you and you didn't focus on it and you didn't hear anything or your takeaway may have been that she rambled on about donuts and I have no idea what that had to do with learning or memory. And so our personal life experiences can also influence what we learn and then ultimately what we remember. As you're reading through the chapter, if 
You're just reading the information and you're not thinking about how it may apply in your life or aspects that it may apply to in your life. You may, the takeaway may be completely different. Or as you flip through the chapter and you see pictures of famous people, you may remember those parts of the chapter more so than the other parts of the chapter because you were focusing on the picture of the famous person or the story that went along with the famous person. And it doesn't really have any relationship to um, what your the main takeaway of the learning experience or the main takeaway of the information. And so one of the ways that we can really kind of help um, our learning experience, especially when we're talking about subjects like uh, college classes that may feel like they're very abstract and how is this going to function in your life? One of the ways that we can look at it is how is it active in your life? So thinking about when you're learning or when we're talking about learning, what are some things that you have learned? What are some things that you have learned in the past year, in the past six months? And why are they standing out in your memory? What is it that is key to that situation that is standing out in your memory? Most oftentimes, what the things that we remember are things that are personal. It really clicked with me. Um, maybe the relationship. The instructor, you know, um, created this environment that was welcoming and that really helped me to understand the material better. Um, those are some things that some ways that our memory influences the things that we are learning because our experiences are what have shaped our memories and our memories then help us to uh, pay attention and focus in on these specific new aspects of learning. Another example may be, it was something that I really wanted to do. If you think back about things that you've learned over the past year, maybe it wasn't something in the classroom. Maybe you learned how to ride a unicycle. And that was one of those things that it was just personal. It was something that I wanted to do. That's that intrinsic motivation that kind of drives us. And again, it's shaped by maybe some experiences. If you think back, maybe it's one of those situations where, you know, you really enjoyed, I don't know, going to the circus when you were a kid and watching them ride unicycles. And so this focused in on that. Maybe it represents something for you. And again, kind of shaping those memories that allow us to learn new things and focus in on new skills. Now, one of the biggest roadblocks in our memory is actually in the way that we store information. So the chapter on cognition is really looking at how we store information in our brain. Where is it organized? And so if you think about your memory, kind of like a whole big room of lots of vast filing cabinets and inside each filing cabinet is drawers and you pull out the drawers and there's lots of folders inside of each one of those drawers. That's kind of how we organize information. Now, one of the problems, and if you've ever been in this situation where you're trying to search for something, whether it's a file on your computer, whether it's an actual file in a filing cabinet, and it's not where you expect it to be or where you think it would have been put, then oftentimes you can't find that information. And the same is true for your memory. 
when we are searching through all of these vast filing cabinets in our brain and looking for trying to connect those neurons to pull out the information that we want, sometimes it's not located where we think it is. And that is not a failure on our memory, but really a failure on how we stored the information or where we put that information in our mind, which is oftentimes because of how we organize information. When we learn new things, we try to associate it, or a very basic way of learning new things, is that we try to associate it with things that we already know. And we try and make it fit into a box that we already have or a category that we already have in our mind. If it doesn't fit in that category, then we have to um, make a new category for it. Or as Piaget talked about back in um, chapter four, this is the process of assimilation and then association. And so we are trying to make it fit with something that's already there. And if we can't, then we make a new category for it. So oftentimes when we're storing, now we don't, for the vast majority of us, we don't sit around and think about how we think. And so this is kind of a very abstract topic to think about the way in which we think. But what we're talking about is the way in which we categorize information, how we store that information, how we're able to access that information later on when we need it. A prime example of this is math. When you were younger, you learned first how to add and how to subtract, and then we built on that how to multiply and how to divide. And so you have this folder that's kind of labeled math or this scheme. That's what we call those kind of folders that we organize all of our thinking in. And so you have this scheme called math, and it um, allows you to kind of enter in with some expectations. You know what math is going to look like. You know what math is used for. You know how it functions. You probably even have a scheme for how math class goes versus how English class goes. And then somewhere along the lines, you enter into algebra. And algebra is not really math. It's masquerading as math, it's labeled as math, but algebra is actually logic and reasoning. You are um, applying a formula, a logical formula to these numbers and coming up with a logical answer. That's the idea behind math um, and using your reasoning to determine which formula you would use. Um, and this is oftentimes why people struggle in certain, uh, in learning new tasks, whether it be algebra, whether it be um, riding a unicycle, whether it be uh, playing baseball, because you're trying to associate it to something that it is not. So in the example of math, we already have this scheme and this idea, this uh, concept of how math should go. And when we try and fit algebra into that math, folder or into that math scheme, it doesn't fit. And the uh, it's not able to assimilate or pick up the characteristics of math. And so we have a difficult time and we struggle with it because we struggle with learning it because it doesn't represent what we have been told about math. Um, the same is true with any, you know, new, if you're trying to ride a unicycle, 
and you approach it from the standpoint of it's just like riding a bike, it will probably be immensely difficult because you have a scheme or an idea of what riding a bike is like. And riding a unicycle is probably nothing like riding a bike. And so you're trying to um, fit this scheme or this idea, this concept into a folder that it's not going to fit into. And so that's oftentimes why we struggle at learning new tasks is not necessarily the task itself, but how we are approaching it in our thought processes. Um, oftentimes, if we adjust or we shift the way that we think, the information becomes much more easy to comprehend, to understand, and ultimately to remember. Of course, what is going to influence our thinking and our schemes, those folders that we set up in our mind? It's going to be our memory and our learning. Our past experiences are going to influence the way that we set up these file folders. So again, looking at the example of algebra, you probably have a scheme for math and how math should be um, conducted. And then you try and fit this um, algebra into that idea or that scheme and it doesn't fit. We are approaching it differently or approaching it in a different way may help us to understand algebra a little bit easier. It's logic and reasoning. You apply this formula. The reasoning part comes in in determining which formula you use. As long as you use the correct formula, you get the correct answer. Whether or not that answer has A's or B's or C's in it shouldn't have any bearing on um, whether or not you come up with the right answer, but oftentimes we get stuck in thinking that we have to have numbers and only numbers in math because that's how our scheme or our file folder was set up from a very young age based on our previous experience, based on our memories. So previous experiences really kind of shape the way that we think and the way that we set up these schemes and folders. Um, and the same is true, our previous experiences for outside the classroom. We have schemes for people and the way that people interact. We have schemes for um, how classes are conducted. We have schemes for, um, you know, the way that you're supposed to act at a concert or a football game versus how you should act at the grocery store. We have all of these folders or um ways in which we are able to process information very quickly that is coming in and we pull out the folder that goes along with it or the scheme that goes along with it and we compare it. Does this fit or does this not fit? Oftentimes problem solving, what we need to do with problem solving is think of or shift the way that we are thinking about the problem. Approach the problem differently and it may become much easier to solve. Our memories also influence our thinking and how we think about um, individuals, how we think about situations, and how we think about schemes. So, for example, as we we're as you were listening previously, and I talked about how I don't like donuts, that may have stood out to you. You may love donuts and think, "Oh my gosh, how can she not like donuts?" Or you may hate donuts and think, "Oh my gosh, there's somebody else in the world who hates donuts too." And so that is going to influence then 
what you think and what you think about the situation. If you're a donut lover and you're like, oh my gosh, how can she not like donuts? You probably spent the next couple of minutes even after I was talking about donuts and I had moved on talking, thinking about how can a person not like donuts? Maybe it even spun you down a rabbit hole of thinking about all the different types of donuts and all the different types of donuts that you've had. And that will influence your thinking then because you may walk away and think, wow, she doesn't like donuts. That changes my entire perception of her. I'm not sure about, um, you know, maybe other things. And so that's going to influence, our memories are then going to influence our thinking. And again, you may walk away from this entire podcast saying, wow, all she talked about was donuts, which then influences going forward. Well, I'm not going to listen to the next podcast because in the last one, I didn't get anything out of it. That's going to influence our scheme. And of course, then there's human interaction, but that's another podcast. Um, things will also, different things will stand out. Again, what we pay attention to is based on those experiences and those memories. And so that is going to influence our scheme. We're most likely to remember those things that defy or don't fit with the scheme. So if we have a scheme or we have an idea about, um, maybe say how a class is, should be conducted. And all of the sudden, over the past year, um, things have changed drastically. And now the class is not being conducted in the same way. That is going to defy your scheme or your expectations. And so that's going to stand out for you. Um, the pandemic situation will stand out in a lot of people's memories because this defied our expectations. It defied our schemes. It defied how we operate um, and how we conduct day-to-day -day business. And so that's going to stand out in a lot of people's memories and will probably influence the way that you learn new things, the way that you adapt to new things, the way that you um, think about different situations in your life. So we've talked a lot about how these chapters are interconnected and how our cognition or our thinking influences our memory, how our memory influences our learning, how our learning influences our, our cognition and also our memories, and how interconnected all three of these are. Now, what can we do to really kind of grow these three or to expand on them? One of the easiest and the best ways to expand our way of thinking is to interact with individuals who think differently than us. Interact with people who don't have the same perspectives and that will influence. You may walk away initially with some bad memories and some bad experiences that will then kind of lead you away from trying to talk with people who have different perspectives and points of view from people who think differently than you. But I encourage you to continue. Walk away from class and ask your fellow classmates, hey, so what'd you get out of that? Hey, what did you think the main point was today? And that will help you to see things from a different perspective, which will help expand 
all of those schemes that we have in our brain, the way that we think about situations, the way that we approach people, the way that we um, problem solve, which will then influence our memories, expanding our memories and expanding our experiences that we can learn from and that we can grow with.